Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 134, and we are continuing our series in First Peter. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. I feel like it's been a long time since we recorded because it has. It's been like three weeks. It hasn't been that long. long Yeah, (laughs) it hasn't been that long since we've been in your earbuds, (laughs) (laughs) but we haven't been in this room in a while, so this feels good. Yeah. Erin, what is something you are excited about or looking forward to? As a seven, I know that's something that's always on your mind. Always. What's fun? What's exciting? Um, I'm super excited because right after we're done recording here, my husband planned like a little 24 hour getaway thing and it's all surprise. <laughs> and so it's like everything I ever want a surprise and a getaway. And so fun. My parents are going to keep the kids and take them to school. So, yes, I'm very I can't excited. I wait about that. to hear where you go. Like, I, I have know. no idea. I should have texted Taylor and asked him. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear. You're going to have so much fun. Yes. How about you? What are you looking forward to? Pumpkin spice season. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> By the time this comes out, it will probably be probably probably. So Aaron and I are both doing a 40 day sugar fast and my my kids know that we're doing it. And like two days ago, Lydia comes up to me and she's like, mommy, you won't make it in time for pumpkin spice season. And I was like, make what? She was like, sugar. You can't have sugar. What are you going to do? I was like, it will be done by then. No worries. I've already thought about this. She like thought about that. Yes. That's so yes. funny. Oh, sweet Love Lydia girl. Pumpkin spice season. Okay. <laughs> that means nothing to me. I'm like, oh, I'm gross. surprised you don't like it though, because you like like teas and stuff. And Would you I get feel it without like coffee? Does it not have coffee in it? There's pumpkin spice everything. Have you not I bought the like pumpkin, pumpkin spice gluten free pancakes yeah, from Trader Joe's? Yes, I do get. Th- well, those have buttermilk in them. I didn't realize. Oh, that so the you first can't have that them. either. But to me. Pumpkin is not something you drink. That's like, that's so weird to me. So you're okay with like pumpkin muffins? Like, like the pumpkin, pumpkin pie muffins. is my jam. I will eat pumpkin pie every day. Yeah. But yeah. a drink? But the drink. Out of well, a it's, vegetable? So it's not just the drink that I like. It's all the pumpkin spice Okay. Things. Okay. Okay. I mean, that the drink sense. is good. And I don't think of it as a vegetable, although it is. My girls brought that up the other day too. They're like, <laughs> mommy, isn't pumpkin a vegetable? I'm like, Shh, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> We like vegetables in our house. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so it's great funny. for you. Okay. First Peter. First Peter. Where are we? Where are we picking up this week? We are picking up in chapter two. Um, we ended last week with the end of chapter one. Funny how that works out. But we finished last week um, talking about how the the word of God and the gospel and Jesus and what that does in our life and this call to be holy. Um, We need to remember that that's what we talked about last week because chapter two starts with the word so, which I always give the the people who decided the chapters and the verse numbers like a hard time because I'm like, why are you starting a chapter with the word so? You have to go back. You have to go back. Yes. But it's a good push to remind us to read the like like read a book of the Bible all the way through because you have to know, like we said before, when we talked about, I think it was therefore last time we had to know what the therefore was there for. And it's the same with so. So when we pick up with the word, so he's talking about what, um, 
what we are to do, how we are to be holy people in light of the call to be holy because of the work of Jesus right. and the gospel in our lives. Right. Does that summarize it? Yep. You think? Good summary. Okay. Yeah. So um, I heard Jen Wilkins, she, she was talking about this exact transition between chapter one and chapter two. And she was saying that um, at the end of chapter one, Peter's telling us to be holy as God is holy. And so Jen Wilkins says that now in chapter two, Peter's going to offer us encouragement about how to live as holy people Mm -hmm. by showing us the importance of relationships to Christ and -hmm. relationships to each other, as well as being a witness to the unbelieving world. So the next big section is going to cover that Um, Mm -hmm. even more. So when we pick up next week um, all the way through chapter three, get into more of like the specifics of those relationships with others and being a witness to the outside world. But that's kind of the shift we're, we're taking as we head into chapter two. Yeah. I love that Peter and Paul both do the same thing. They tell us, you know, you're supposed to live a holy life and all the, all of the things, but then they don't leave us hanging. Like they give us examples of how to do that. And that's so helpful to me in my rule following nature, (laughs) even though we know the gospel isn't about rules. We know that being a Christian isn't about rules, but it does help to have some specific guidelines. Right. I really think it is like, it's God's kindness. Any, anytime we see like put on, put off language Mm -hmm. or thou shall, or thou shalt not language, Mm -hmm. or even the law, like it's, it really is God's kindness because Mm -hmm. like you say, like if he were to just say now live holy and we're like, Oh my gosh, how do we figure out how to do that? Mm -hmm. But instead he's like, here, let me show you what it looks like to live, to live a holy Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And it's, it's always for our good too. That's something to remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's pick up in verse 1. This is chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like a newborn like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Hmm. So I was listening to um, a sermon about this, and it, it drew a connection that I don't think I would have made on my own. So last week in, in verse 22 of chapter 1, he talked about having a sincere brotherly love. And we talked about that, how love makes us more pure and holy, and, and being more holy and walking with Jesus leads us to more love. And it's this kind of cyclical action. And so he said, this is a continuation of that. If we are to grow in purity and in holiness and in love, part of that looks like putting things off right so right. putting away malice putting away deceit putting away hypocrisy and anytime we see a list I think it's a good chance for us to kind of just instead of read through it all just like kind of really sit in that list and like ask the Lord like convict me you know am am I putting away yeah. malice am yeah. I am I being deceitful mm-hmm. and our first response is probably be like no I'm not cheating on my taxes or like something like that, <laughs> that but I random <laughs> I don't know I was trying to think of like what's deceitful Deceit. <laughs> like as we think of of deceit you know yeah. but then even like in small areas of our lives like the more time we really ask God to convict us um the Holy Spirit will and like even in little things like hypocrisy like am I the mm, same person yeah. when I'm at church as when I'm with my neighbors like am am I mm-hmm. living this like dual life and like just different mm-hmm. ways that we can really ask God to to convict us and like show us instead of just kind of reading through it as a list and then moving on to the next thing. Yeah, that's really good. When you were talking about brotherly love, it made me think all of these things that are listed here affect other people. Mm. Like these aren't things that just affect yourself. They all Mm. affect other people. And so by putting off these things, we are um, loving our neighbor. We're loving our brothers and sisters. And so I looked up the 
um, definition of the word malice. Mm. And it said the intention or desire to do ill will. And the word in Mm. that that really stood out to me was intention. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about this with my with my kids, like when they hurt one of their sisters or do something that makes one of their sisters upset. We talk about this a lot. We talk about what was your intention behind this? Mm -hmm. If you accidentally stepped on their foot and hurt them, that's, that's one thing, you know, but if you stomped on their foot because you were mad at them, Mm -hmm. you had that intention there. And, um, this kind of took me back to the sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about really thinking about what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. He talks about how lust is basically the same thing as committing adultery. Mm -hmm. And so just because we don't act on our intentions, intentions doesn't mean that they're not sinful. Mm -hmm. So um, it just made me kind of pause here for a second with the word malice, because that's not a word we use. I don't say like, I don't tell my kids like, put away that malice. (laughs) Like I might now, (laughs) Now but like just really, truly thinking about what's in our heart and Mm -hmm. how the intentions in our heart um, are just as important as the actions that come out. That's good. I think that's very convicting. One of the things that I really appreciate about this, this, is where it talks about like, like infants long for pure spiritual milk that you may grow up into salvation. Um, and I, I feel like it might've been Chandler, but I'm not sure where I originally heard it, but this idea that God's grace meets us where we're at, but it doesn't leave us where we're at. Yeah. Um, so there's, we see this picture of like growth Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. start as infants and we, as we long for more things of God, we grow up into salvation and Mm -hmm. into, into maturity. And, um, I I really just like the idea of growth because then also is talking of of newborn infants we're seeing more of that family imagery uh-huh. yeah. that we've been seeing through First Peter and that we'll continue to see and God's been really just like highlighting this idea of adoption mm-hmm. as far as our salvation yeah um, we've talked about this often on here where we can read the same thing and get something different every Mm -hmm. time and, and how encouraging it is that we will hear the same themes from different passages in different areas of our lives. And at church this past week, we're, we're going through like different aspects of the gospel. And one of the things he highlighted was this idea of adoption. Mm -hmm. And so when God does that, like when he brings it up in different places, like lean into that, it might not be this idea of family imagery to you. It it might be the idea of putting things off. Mm -hmm. It might, I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be something different to all of us because God's word is living and active and his Holy Spirit is going to draw things to our attention. But don't just like silence that, like push into that and see like, okay, God, why are you, why is this so important in my life in this mm-hmm. season right now? And, and really I would encourage you to just lean into that. Yeah. I love it when he does that. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that happens in my life all the time where mm-hmm. I'll be reading something with my kids in the morning and then I go um, at bedtime and open my Bible to maybe where I'm just reading like in my, in our study or in first Peter or whatever it is. And it, it lines up so perfectly. And I'm like, and it's not my trying to twist things and make them line up. Like it is so incredibly Mm -hmm. obvious and it's just, it's amazing how God does that. It just shows, you know, um, how he truly is in control of all things, but then he also, um, his word is living and active. And so I love that. One of the things that stood out to me, um, when we're talking about like the spiritual milk and all of that is just the amount of humility that's coming into play. When you think about, a newborn baby. Um, you see these things that he has listed malice, deceit, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hypocrisy, envy, and slander. And all of these actions are very selfish mm-hmm. and they're very 
proud, like prideful. And so you automatically assume that he's going to say, okay, put off these selfish things, put on humility. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't come out and say that. But if you think about a newborn baby, Mm -hmm. putting yourself as an adult to the level of a newborn baby, like that's pretty humbling Mm -hmm. because newborn babies, they can't do anything for themselves. So to me, this is kind of showing us our dependence on the Lord and our dependence on that, that milk that he's talking about. Babies don't only want their mama's milk, they need it. Like they have to have it to survive. And so it's just a reminder of how God's word is a necessity for us. It, it, hopefully becomes something we want and we can pray for that desire and and the sweeter it is like it says here you know it um it's it's sweet we taste it it's good Mm -hmm. and so the more we taste that the more we're gonna want it but it's a need too I think that's such a good like connection I didn't make that connection of like put off these things and then be like this thing, which Mm -hmm. includes very much like you're saying, humility and dependence. And then I love that picture of what exactly what you're saying. is like, if we think that's humbling as adults to think of ourselves as newborn babies, like the God of all creation came as a newborn baby. Like he is the perfect example of humility humility Mm -hmm. for us as coming as a baby. And I didn't even make that connection until I'm hearing you say that right now. Like that's words living and active (laughs) 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 proves our point. (laughs) Okay. So continuing on to verses uh, four through six, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to, to a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. Let's break it down a little bit. Yes, let's do that. So to us as, you know, 21st century Western American believers, we don't necessarily pick up on a lot of the imagery, imagery. that he's using mm-hmm. here. Um, but as I dug a little deeper into this, I found out that like everything he's saying here, especially about stones, would have had a huge historical and yeah. cultural um, meaning and implications, and things would have come to mind to the original audience. Um, for example, like when he's talking about building up a spiritual house, they would be thinking about like the temple and the tabernacle and, and thinking about this, this stone in Zion. Like to us, we read that and we think, Oh, I maybe have heard of that in the old Testament somewhere. But to them, this was, this was very much, um, how they pictured, make sure I'm saying this correctly, like how they knew God's presence presence and his, um, his purpose, his right. will uh-huh. was being carried yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and so for Jesus to say like, Jesus is the cornerstone. And then for him to say, for Peter to then say, and now you are a living stone mm-hmm. would have been like, Whoa, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, that's blasphemy. Like mm-hmm. you can't just say stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's true. And, and Jesus did come and he is the cornerstone mm-hmm. and we are invited into that and we get to be a part of that and we get to be, um, living stones as Peter says, mm-hmm. but that has so much more weight so than much we more realize yes. if we just read it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So to give a little bit of historical context, I think if you're doing the PAO First Peter study, Natalie's done a great job of that um, in the study. But to give some some context to that, like Aaron alluded to in the Old Testament, you had the temple and in the temple we had the Holy of Holies. Um, and this is where the glory of God dwelt. And in this spot, only the priests could go into that area. And that's where they like made sacrifices to the Lord. And so one of my favorite things about the Bible, um, and I was telling the kids this at our summer Bible club this year, because we were talking about archeology span and prophecy. And, um, I love the prophecy and I would actually like, I, I need to, and want to do more studying on prophecy because it's just so cool to see that. And God doesn't, um, owe us that Mm -hmm. it is his kindness to, to so clearly, give us these things. I mean, of course he's going to follow through with what he says. So if he says he's going to do it, it's going to happen. But to, to tell us he's going to do these things hundreds of years before, like that's just such a gift. And in Ezekiel 10, Ezekiel has a vision of the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. Um, but then in Malachi, it's prophesied, prophesied that the Lord will suddenly come to the temple. And then in Haggai, that the latter glory of the temple will be greater than the former. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. when all of these prophecies are being told and stuff. They're kind of like, what in the world does all of that mean? Um, but these prophecies are fulfilled when Jesus came as God in the flesh and Mary and Joseph take him to the temple. Um, and then when Jesus, and he is, he becomes the temple himself. Um, because like I said, God in the flesh, God is now dwelling in this body in Jesus. I'm doing my hands all crazy (laughs) ways. Um, and then when Jesus was crucified, the veil in the, Mm. in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, it literally Mm -hmm. tore when Mm -hmm. he was crucified all on its own. Nobody did. Nobody went and tore this veil, like the veil tore. And I never Mm -hmm. understood that growing up. I was always like, when I'd see like Easter pageants and stuff like that and the veil, I'm like, what does that mean? But it's so significant Mm -hmm. this um, big piece of cloth that symbolized the separation mm-hmm. between us, normal, sinful people yeah. and God, it was torn because, because of Jesus mm-hmm. and because of his sacrifice. So we no longer needed priests to make these sacrifices or go to the Lord for us because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice and he's the great high priest. Mm-hmm. So what is, how does that make us now living stones and a royal priesthood? And it's because when we put our faith in Jesus, we now have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this passage says we are being built up into a spiritual house, into a holy priesthood, because now the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Mm -hmm. So that's like a really, really quick, like summary Mm -hmm. of the importance of this passage. But it's important to to understand this, because like Aaron said, like all this imagery, it's like we can just kind of skim over it and be like, I don't know what that means. Let's move on. But it's actually really, really significant. Yeah. And I think too, on just like on another level is I think we can also read this and take it very like personally, like I am a living stone. I'm built being built up, but in context, and at least in my understanding and and in this studying that I've done, it's like, this is talking about how it's not just people who are in this certain bloodline, or it's not just people from Israel, or it's not just, you know, Jewish. It's Mm -hmm. not about Judaism. It's not about, he's saying bigger than that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, And it's for everyone who God has chosen mm-hmm. is for God's elect and it's for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus. And he, so he's kind of having to reorient yeah. 
not just the fact that it's um, not just about a certain bloodline or anything like that, but also it's about a new people, right. which is going to continue right. to talk about more. And so yeah. sometimes we take these things and we make them too they are personal, mm -hmm. but sometimes we only see the personal aspect mm -hmm. of it. And I would just encourage, I'm trying to do this as I read scripture myself, and it's been very helpful. But instead of just thinking of it as myself as a living stone, building myself up, mm -hmm. like thinking of it on a bigger scale, like, no, God's doing a big work through his church. Oh, yeah. And so the yeah. church, the body of Christ, the body of believers are now the temple because we are mm -hmm. each indwell with the Holy Spirit. And one of the commentaries I was reading about this, it said, you can't build a building with one stone. Yes. And it's exactly. like, well, duh. Like when you think <laughs> about it that way, it's like, obviously right. we need each other. Mm -hmm. Like we can't be a, be a building on our, our on our own. Mm -hmm. So it takes all the stones to come together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a cool picture when you, when you actually right. somewhat understand it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay, now verses 7 through 10. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, People, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Into marvelous light I'm running. Did y'all sing that song growing up? I feel like I know the Shane and Shane version of oh, it. Oh, is there? A Sh you always know the Shane and Shane everything. because <laughs> I like Shane I don't know Shane. if they were the original one. Oh, is it on their new vintage? It might be on. I th it might be it on might the be vintage. On vintage. Yeah. <laughs> that was a song we sang in youth group. And so I, like I that. never sang that one until really? Shane Shane sang it. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so as I was um, studying this, one of the things that really struck me was I read this question. And so I'm going to read it and just think about it. So basically it says, what you do with Jesus will mean everything to our identity before God. And so I guess that's not really a question, but it's asking you, what are you going to do with Jesus? <laughs> I was Jesus? like, wait a second. What, are what you am do I with answering Jesus? here? <laughs> Because it says right there, like, very clearly in very clear language, like, for those who uh, believe, yeah. it is everything. And for those who do not believe, it is also everything, but in the bad way, in the wrong right, way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Stumble, yeah. So it, like, really causes you to think, what, what do I think of Jesus? What do I believe? What am I putting my mm -hmm. identity in? What am I putting my hope in? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like figuratively speaking, but also literally speaking, mm -hmm. like that's going to be what makes the difference of when we stand at the end of time. Like, what did you do with Jesus? Like, mm -hmm. did you trust him as your savior or did yeah. you not? Yeah. I think it's a good reminder that, like you said, do you trust him or do you not? If you choose not to, like that doesn't end well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the word stumble here mm -hmm. is like, not a very powerful Yeah, because it sounds like word. an accident. You it know. sounds like an accident. It's like, oh, I just stumbled. Yeah. But when I think about it, like when you're walking, like you don't want to stumble. Like no. I want to. Especially you and you're rolling your ankles all the time. Exactly. Oh, I do that all the time. I want to be sure footed and yeah. steady. Like I don't want to stumble through life. Mm -hmm. I want to be steady. And so like I don't. 
want to reject Jesus. You know, I want him to be my firm foundation. And so, yeah, I thought that was a good reminder. I've always loved verses nine and 10. Like I said, probably because of the song (laughs) marvelous light um but I think it's just such beautiful language and Mm. imagery and this is a little bit of a tangent but I was just thinking this year at our um, classical conversations practicum that it's a training for parents that we go to every summer and they focus on a different piece of our curriculum and this year it was on like the English language and and grammar Mm. um and it's not just what, what I'm about to talk about it's not just English language but that's just what we were focused on. Um, but one of the things we talked about is why do we study this? And we study language because Mm. it matters to God. Mm. Jesus himself, it says in the Bible is the word made flesh. The Bible is inspired by God and its words, it's written Mm. language. And so sometimes it's good to slow down and appreciate the beauty in that Mm. and to appreciate the beautiful language that, um, is used in the Bible and to really, and Jen Wilkin talks about this too, but paying attention to some of those literary elements Mm -hmm. in scripture just gives you a whole different appreciation for scripture. Mm. Um, but then it also, I feel like that's helpful. Like when you're, um, especially like as mamas, like when you're helping your kids with like their English homework or whatever, or you're reading to them, just reminding them that words are important to God. The words mm-hmm. coming out of their mouth are important to God. The words they write down are important to God. Um, it's just a good reminder to me because it was not my favorite subject in school, oh, but to neither. remember that God cares about these mm-hmm. things is it's just good for me to think about. I mean, if we think back to creation, he spoke he sp- things into spoke existence. Things so into yeah, existence. from the beginning of time, yes, words matter. Words matter. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I noticed too, there's, we've talked um, kind of all throughout Peter. One of the things Peter is doing is he's calling us exiles and sojourners. And, but then he's also reminding us that we are chosen. chosen. And we see that same language again in, in these couple verses. Like he reminds us of our identity, but then he also calls us into our purpose and our calling at the end where he says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So Peter's going to tell us more in the following chapters of like how we actually do that, how Mm -hmm. we proclaim those excellencies. Um, But I like that it kind of gives us that framework right here of like, this is why you are called out of darkness and into marvelous Mm -hmm. light is to proclaim the excellencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. So as we wrap up that week and kind of leave on that note, um, we want to challenge you to spend some time meditating on that. What is, what's your identity in? Um, what is your purpose? And maybe even memorize verse, verse nine. nine, and I will read it again, just so you can hear it again. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Next week, we'll be covering verses 11 through 25. Meet you back here next week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.